0: what if that nagging feeling in the back of your neck was real what if those hands reaching out from the dark that you believed were there were there what if the monster in the basement really existed and what if there was really something under the bed would you have the courage to face your fears hello brave souls i'm your host paul Rondo. And tonight's story is called Zombie Story, written by me. I hope you enjoy. I've been obsessed with the idea of zombies for as long as I can remember. When I was growing up, I would fantasize about the possibility of a zombie apocalypse happening. During my sophomore year of high school, I even wrote a research paper on how to survive a zombie apocalypse. Needless to say, I'm really into zombies. Nowadays, I wouldn't want something like that to happen because, well, I have kids. Killing zombies is all fun and games until they take a bite out of your baby's head. You would think when I saw the red flags in the news that I'd connected the dots. But honestly, I don't read too much of the news. The only reason I even noticed anything was happening is because some of the people that I watched on YouTube were talking about rabid people. People were attacking others on the street, and the police were having a hard time controlling what was going on. I lived in a small city, or at least what the locals considered it. It wasn't much of a stretch either, because pretty much everything around me is farmland. This would be a pretty ideal place to be during something like this. Big enough for there to be supplies, but small enough not to have an entire swarm of zombies coming after you. As I sat at my desk watching more and more accounts about these people attacking each other, I decided I wouldn't be like all the characters in the movies. I would take action. I knew that this would play out a lot like how the movies would show it. Everyone would be looking for a cure or some solution for the problem at first. It's not easy to stomach that Grandma might be a flesh-starved monster. It's easier to shut her away and leave space for hope. This thinking was going to be the reason so many people were going to die. I left work that day and went to our local Walmart. I wanted to pick up some more ammo and grab some supplies for my family and to hunker down while all of this either blows over or goes out of control. I was surprised the place looked like it was business as usual. I wondered why no one was freaking out about this. Didn't matter though. It just meant I would be able to get what I needed and get back home. On the way home, I saw what I assumed were a couple of them. They were shambling down the street, and I knew I'd made the right choice. By the time I got home my family was there and I told them what needed to happen. My kids didn't question it because they saw it as a few days off from school. My wife wasn't sure and I had to let her know what I had noticed. She said she'd take the day off the work the next day and help put my mind at ease. I thanked her and grabbed my toolbox. It was time to lock this house down. It took me a few hours but I was able to get all the downstairs entrances locked down and put bars on the windows. I didn't want any unwanted visitors in the middle of the night. I ate dinner, gave the kids a bath, put them to bed, and then spent the rest of the night watching the news to see how everything was going on. It looked like the virus was spreading. Martial law had been declared in New York City, which was about a six hour drive from where I lived. I knew it was only a matter of time until it spread this way. From what I saw earlier, I figured it probably already had. I woke up in the middle of the night to the sound of my baby screaming. I ran to his room and noticed that he just needed his pacifier. This was a pretty normal occurrence, so I walked back to my room and went back to bed. A few hours later, around 4am, I woke up to something banging on my front door. I looked out my bedroom window, which overlooked the front door, and saw a man standing at the door. He was slowly banging on the door. It didn't really even look like he knew where he was. He had just walked into something and couldn't figure out a better way to go through it or around it. I pulled out my cell phone and called 911. I told the dispatcher what was going on and they sent someone to check it out. The dispatcher said this was one of a dozen similar calls. By now my wife had woken up and wanted to know what was going on. I pointed out the man at the front door. She asked if I called the cops and I told her they were on their way. She stood with me at the window until the cop showed up. We opened the window so we could hear what was going on. I could hear the cop ask the man what he was doing. The man didn't acknowledge him and just kept banging on the door. The cop spoke again but much louder this time. This must have got his attention because the man turned around. The cop asked him again what he was doing and again the man didn't say anything. The man started to walk toward the cop and the cop told him to get on the ground. The man didn't comply and just continued forward. The cop pulled his gun out now and was requesting backup at the same time. The cop yelled again for the man to get on the ground but the man still continued forward. That's when the man tripped and went face first on the cop's feet. The cop screamed out in pain and fired off a shot as the man took a large bite out of his ankle. I grabbed my baseball bat and ran out to help the cop. By the time I had grabbed my bat and made my way outside, the cop was screaming bloody murder. I ran out and kicked the man off the cop. He tried to lunge after me and I cracked him in the head with the bat. I swung again and again to make sure the man was dead. The cop was passed out at this point. I could see the bite marks that had started at his ankle and had worked their way up the cop's leg. I could see that he was still breathing, so I grabbed his radio. I told the dispatcher the cop had been attacked. They told me that backup was on the way. I walked over to the cop and I knew what I had to do. I lifted my bat into the air and swung down. I did this over and over again until I knew that i had destroyed the brain. By the time I was taking my last swing, backup had arrived. They saw me standing over the cop with a baseball bat in hand. They must have assumed I was the original suspect because before I knew it, I was on the ground. They threw me in the back of the car and brought me to the station. I've tried to explain to them over and over again what is going on, but they don't want to listen. They keep telling me there's nothing I can say that will make me look like a good guy. They watch me bash their friend's head in and they want blood. That's when I could hear the screaming coming from somewhere down the hall. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the story. Come back next time for some more spooky stories. And as always, remember to face your fears.